Turn on the radio. My homie got a new show and it's time to play it though. I hope you got in tune. He talking bigger business. He make a lot of moves. He talking Skakatoon. I'm saying, wait a minute. We're back with the bump. I love this song. I don't know why. Like I feel like sometimes I just take the song off and I don't like I don't in the podcast I don't have music so I'm so not used to coming into live music but I'm you know what I think I'm just gonna bring Ashley we're bringing this back to the show that's that's what we're doing it's funky I like it it has my name in it and that's cool I don't know that <laughs> sounds incredibly egotistical uh, we've got a great show as mentioned when I took it over from Amy uh, we have obviously Row Rigger calling in shortly here after the break and we've got uh, Coin Seed calling in I normally so like. As I said in the precursor, the show goes off the rails usually in the first 30 seconds, and it's about to do the same. I had a conversation, if Amy is still in the building, she can hear this, we had a conversation after she left about a certain demographic, we'll call it baby, boomer, baby boomers, maybe it's you, maybe it's not, uh, and the whole group text thing, and it like struck a chord with me because it's so true. People, first off, Apple, Tim Cook, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but if you are, um... I say that because I think you can't listen to this on an Apple uh, like the Apple Home, which no one has. Anyway, uh, you should color code group texts. All group texts should be color coded so that A, I can see them coming in, and B, you, the person who's doing it, can reply in the group text, not next to it on a private message that I sent you. And then, can I just say, group texts in general, they're the worst. They're just the worst. It's so much. It's just, you're just... Bing, 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 bing. And the converse, there's a reason that you can call people. Like, I know we only text now, but, like, just call at that. Like, if you're going to write paragraph after paragraph, and there's 14 people on it, I'm just saying we got to figure this out. So, Amy, I feel your pain and all of you listening. Uh, if that's you, other people who are not like you are thinking, what the H? Because this is just not, like, not working for anybody. Anyway, uh, as I said, we've got a very good show here. Uh, I'm going to start off setting up the... The uh, the first guest rowvigger before we take the break here because I, as I mentioned before, I I like rowing. I don't like my wife Jen would tell you uh, that I don't do it and well at all, but I do like it. And if I had a preferred sort of like exercise that I can do during a long period of time, I can enjoy. It takes care of like every sort of part of your body, um, and I can also do phone calls and I can listen to like my pods and listen to audiobooks and things like that. Um, it's perfect for me. So, um, row vigor is an app. And, and just so you know, you can go to microventures.com and scroll around and you'll find uh, row vigor as one of the startups you can invest in. All you have to do is register at microventures and you, all of you listening can uh, hook up a credit card or a bank account or whatever and invest money in some of these companies or well, all of these companies that come on my show. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's not like you're going to get rich quick. I mean, if the company does do like a three or four or five X, you will four or five X your money, which you can't do in the stock exchange, but it's a lot higher risk. However, for you, you're putting like a hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, a thousand. So obviously, don't invest if you don't have the money to lose. But it's a really fun way to dip your toe into private stock investing, which is pretty much exclusively meant for rich people. Um, and that's why we do it. We think it's fun, and, and it's a great way for us to sort of help all the the entrepreneurs that are trying to get off the ground. So with that said, uh, the problem that I'm hoping Rovigor will solve, I have downloaded it. Well, I downloaded it and I kind of tinkered around, but like. I don't like having to have 15 apps for everything. I can't stand it. So like, if you don't make the homepage, you don't make the cut. And I like, like I've got my Fitbit flex deal on and I used to use activity cause I had an Apple watch. I dumped that and just again, similar to the group text, too much pinging. Um, and ultimately if I have to leave the app 
to track the exercise and then go back and see what I did and then also look at the activity itself and like micro into it like how many how you know how what what speed was I going how many miles did I f- pretend to swim or whatever um I think I'm out like I, I need it all in one and so the one thing I'm going to ask Rovigor is one you know, explain the use case of the app. Is it like literally if I just had a running app? Because then it's kind of annoying because it's an extra thing and it doesn't really track anything that is unique. However, if he has technology that, so like just a long story short, you look at, um, you know, when you do an elliptical or you run, your apps, your activity apps usually can track after a certain amount of time that you are in fact running. And that is because the sensors and all of the software behind it are built to specifically identify key indicators that would indicate you are running, you are not walking, or you are not ellipticaling, or you are not rowing, or whatever. And then that plugs into a database that says, you know, if you did it this long at this speed, you probably burn ballpark this many calories or whatever. Most of these things are not built to detect rowing. I don't know why that is. I'm sure it's because of complicated, you know, the, the movement itself and you're, you're like floating and stuff. But if in fact this row vigor is one of those such things that actually is built to track my behavior rowing in a sense, I, I can tell it I'm rowing now. If there's a way to API that into my health app or into my Fitbit, different game. Like I'm all in. And I'm not, you know, I don't know that the company's going to build itself into a Fitbit competitor, but it could build itself into something that is unique enough with enough rower users that Fitbit would want to buy it and make it a part of Fitbit's suite. Um, God forbid MindBody find it. We talked about that last week. I'm out on that one. But if, in fact, he does have a technology piece that is essentially built to use the sensors that are inside of my Fitbit or inside of my, my, my phone and determine whether or not I'm rowing or if it's as simple as I just have to click rowing and then next thing i know like it's tracking speed based on my arm movements or whatever the case may be this would be absolutely incredible so uh we are going to take a break right now and then we are going to come back uh, and talk to kevin allen he's the co-founder of row vigor you're listening to wgen radio am 720 you are back with the startup showcase i am scott katoon we're about to uh bring into the show row vigor co-founder kevin allen uh, you can obviously go to microventures.com and register to invest in these companies, and uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see if this man can get my monies. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, so, I don't know if you got the the sort of the rundown here, but you're going to have one minute to pitch uh, Row Vigor, and then I want to uh, ask you some questions and see if this is a tool that I can use and a company I can invest in. Sound good? Sounds great. Excellent. So I will uh, let you go right about Meow. Great. Well, uh, again, thanks for having me. Uh, Row Vigor is a hardware-agnostic fitness technology company, uh, and it's our goal to democratize the fitness experience by making live and interactive fitness available to more people. Uh, and the way that we do that is through connection. So we are able to connect to legacy equipment uh, via a special device that we're developing called the Vigor Connect device. Um, and we have started in this industry with rowing. So if you're, you're familiar with Peloton and what they've done in the market, getting a $4 billion valuation, we've taken that, decoupled the hardware from the software, uh, and allowed users to get the same live and interactive experience with any machine that they have access to. Perfect. Okay, so I've got some questions for you. Um, you know, like from my use case, the issue that I usually have is that rowing is not, like I love rowing. Rowing is one of those things that, is like a perfect exercise for me at least, but 
um, most of the tracking devices don't really do a great job of it, and you have to have this app. Like, where, where do you plan on going with the app? Is it something that you see uh, being a standalone, all for rowers, and it's like eventually can be like a Peloton of rowers, not with the device, but with the, uh, or not with the actual rower, but with the software piece? Where, where do you see the advantages here compared to whatever options we have out there, which, which are few? Yeah, I, I think uh, the Peloton and Nordtracks of the world have done a great job in exposing sort of um, the, the convenience barrier uh, to fitness, and, and we wanted to take it a step further. Um, being able to collect data using USB ports and Bluetooth is, is part of what we do and a central part of getting that, um, intera- engaging for that interaction and facilitating that for, for lots of folks. Now, we're starting with rowing because we think it's a great full-bodied exercise. We think it's underrepresented. But the technology is really fungible, so we expect to go into treadmills, ellipticals, and any other kind of equipment that's got either a USB port uh, or a Bluetooth connection uh, next. And it turns out that since about 2006, most equipment uh, has been created with either a USB port or a Bluetooth uh, embedded device, which we can take advantage of. So where, so like, can you use a use case for me? So like, I have a, a Fitbit, and I don't, so mm-hmm. I pretty much took off the electrical tracker on my water rower, which was probably not the smartest thing to do. Um, <laughs> but, Cause like now, at the time I'm like, I don't really care. And now I want to know like the actual like pieces. Like I want to know how fast I'm going and, and that kind of stuff. How, like how is there any way to have this pump the data into either my Fitbit like activity or my, my iPhone activity? Absolutely, Scott. It's a great question. Um, so what we do is we use uh, the APIs that are out there and we connect to those. So we've already connected to Fitbit. We've connected to Apple Watchers and some heart rate monitors because we understand how important it is to, to get that data, right? You, you, we've all heard the adage, you can't manage what you can't measure. Yep. Um, so we want to make sure that we can get data integrated into those platforms that you use on a regular basis, but then also be able to pull some of that information into the road bigger system so we can get a more holistic picture of what you're doing from a fitness standpoint. Very cool. Now I have to ask, what got you into rowing? Are you a crew guy? Like, how did what rowing is one of those things that like people find themselves doing it at the gym and they're like like overexerting themselves and they look goofy, um, but then there's people who row and like they're for real about it. So, we're, how, tell me your story a little bit. You know, it's funny, right? So I'm an old football player, right? I remember going to college and and I saw a guy with a crew shirt on. I said, hey. I want to be part of the crew. Where can I get one of those shirts? And he kind of <laughs> laughed at me. And so that was my that was my introduction to rowing. That's about how much I knew. Uh, fast forward about 15, 20 years later, um, and, and I had a buddy of mine who's a 20-year fitness veteran, one of my co-founders, came to me and said, Kevin, I'm telling you, rowing is it. It's, it's low impact. So guys like us that are old football players, our knees and our hips aren't impacted. Works 85% of your muscle groups, and there's not a lot of great curriculum out there for it. So that's how we got our start in rowing. Uh, and I, didn't, I think through that journey, we, we eventually figured out that, hey, what we're building is really bigger than that. And, and rowing is a great place to start because we believe in it as an exercise, but we can take it much, much further. Um, so have you, so when, what did you, when were you in college? Uh, I graduated in 95. 95. So it's so funny because like when I went to Marquette, I graduated in 2006 and they didn't even have a rower there. Like it didn't even in the gym, like didn't even, they might have had one like old rickety one. I feel like there was this like period of time where uh, it was super popular and crew was a huge thing, and then it just like sort of disappeared, and then now it's like back with a vengeance. And I hate to say for a whole litany of reasons uh, that uh, House of Cards brought it back because uh, Kevin Spacey's uh, not a good person. Yeah, but uh, the water rower that he got, it was definitely my inspiration for buying. I was like, oh my god, this is brilliant. Uh, and so it's really cool to me to, to see how many people are back into it. But what does the market size look like for you guys? 
Well, well, from a market size perspective, I mean, consider this statistic, right? 216 million Americans work out every year, but only about a third of those actually stick with it. Uh, so it's really about engaging content uh, and engaging those users. There's about a 140 million person gap in this country alone um, that, that, that want to work out but just can't find the curriculum. And because rowing is so ad- adaptive, because you can use it if you've got bad knees, if you're a beginner, I mean, there are 95-year-old people out there rowing. We figured that it was a great place to start building curriculum and building our content stack so we can get to the biggest market out there. And by the way, Scott, I mean, we're talking about a $3.4 trillion health and wellness market globally. Yes. So there's lots of opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that to me is the part that like is attractive to any of these. We had a, a company that was on, um, what was it? Uh, I think it was, no, not last, we weren't on it last week. The week before that, we had a company on that was focused on sort of a active professionals app that enabled, they're also on MicroVentures, uh, app that enables mm-hmm. you to, uh, to both track and, and get people to be your coach or your gym person, but also help the gym people and the trainers and so forth uh, help you know actually make money doing it instead of giving up all their money to whatever said gym. So uh, there's a huge market opportunity here, but uh, very cool. I, I'm very impressed. I'm, I downloaded the app like a, like a month, maybe it's a month ago, um, when I first saw you guys were going to come on the campaign uh, just because I like the rowing stuff. So I will have to give that a, a, give that a track and, and see what happens. I think we lost him. Did we, did we lose him? I think we lost Kevin. Uh, well, at any rate, uh, if you want to learn more about it, go to Row Vigor. He would have told you to do that. If you search in Row Vigor online, it will be the first thing that pops up. Otherwise, go to MicroVentures and you can go ahead and uh, invest your money in it. Personally speaking, I'm 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 going to hold my my opinion until I test out the actual app because I think that if it actually goes the way he says it, where just APIs right into it and all the data is there and it's not another app I have to go through, then I'm sold. I would put my money in this. If it's one of those things that is another app, you've got to build it out. My only question I would have asked him would come back to the market size again, because you're in a subsect of the market when you have rowers. And I know that there's a lot of them, but are there enough of them? You know, I'm just going to use just common sense here. You walk into your gym you see 80,000, go to East Bank if you're one of those East Bank folks. Uh, you go in there and you see like 50 treadmills, you see like 40 or 30 ellipticals, you see like 10 rowers. So like to me that tells me it's a smaller subset of the of the whole. If the app can only do that, I think it's going to be challenging for them to grow big enough and have enough revenue stream that it's worth it. However, if the entire purpose is to use it and plug it into whatever else you do in your workout I think then it's a little bit different because you're it's a different trajectory. So I will, uh, you know what? I'll email him and, and I'll find out uh, if he has an answer to that. Regardless, um, that is the rest of uh, the rest of the show coming up here. We're gonna take another break and then we will come back with the news and I'll come back with another investment and you guys can invest more money. I'm Scott Coutinho. You're listening to the Startup Showcase on WGN Radio AM 720. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I am your host Scott Coutinho. I am hearing that this show could be interrupted by my friend JB Pritzker. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't that. know if it's JB who'll interrupt. It might be the governor of Virginia. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about JB Pritzker here. Well, uh, we can no, talk him no. too. He has not been accused of what the governor of Virginia has been. You know, there's been this controversy around the image from his yearbook. And so uh, he was scheduled to make a statement at 1.30 from the governor's mansion there in Virginia. But uh, right now, 
looking at the footage, live footage, and we're seeing a lot of people standing around, but no governor just yet. All right. Well, I'm happy to break in for okay. that. He's, he needs to answer some questions. So anyway, we'll pick back up with the show here. Scootbutt uh, is the co-founder of CoinSeed. Uh, CoinSeed, just to give you kind of a quick background on CoinSeed, um, I talked about it before we started the show off. I mean, we've got basically acorns in that money that you round up when you spend money ends up getting dropped into uh, savings accounts and that ultimately you can invest in all kinds of different things and whether it's high risk, low risk, whatever. Coin seed is a similar thing except for instead of dumping it into random stocks, you're dumping it into uh, an allo- a assignment of, of cryptocurrencies. Uh, cumulatively, they have about $6.6 million that is trade volume since October 2018, 4,100 monthly active users, uh, $1.7 million deposited since its inception, and they've generated about $127,000 in the first 11 months. So uh, I'm going to bring the co-founder in now, and he is going to have one minute to pitch the business and see if it's worth us investing in. You can check it out at microventures.com. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Dad. Uh, okay, so you have one minute to make the pitch on CoinSeed, and then if we have time, I would love to ask you some questions about it. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, all good. Fire away. Awesome. Uh, so, hey, guys. Um, so, the problem is this, right? So, today, crypto is still confusing, intimidating, and risky for most people. Uh, so, here at CoinSeed, we solve these exact problems by letting people to invest their spare change in crypto so there's less at stake. And also, we let people to earn their cashback rewards in crypto. It's a new feature. So people can earn free crypto from their daily purchases online and offline. So this way, we ease people into crypto. In other words, people learn crypto by actually investing in it as well as earning it for free, right? Uh, we launched about a year ago. We were profitable from day one. We we're proud of this fact. And so far, we signed up uh, 20,000 users organically. Uh, and uh, we are preparing to scale up the business now. So we're giving this opportunity so that people can be a uh, part of our growth story going forward. Very cool. I like it. So I've been given the, the two-minute warning that we're going to get interrupted by uh, this person who is a governor who did some bad things and is going to account for it on live television. So uh, we may have to cut this conversation short, but um, I get it. I, I think it's interesting. I think uh, for a lot of people, they've got to get sort of brought into what, what cryptocurrency is, and this might be a, a good way to do it because you're basically, uh, I don't want to say gambling, but you're basically gambling with money that, you, that you're rounding up from other expenditures. So it's, it's a lot less risky. You're not taking tens of thousands of dollars like right off the bat and doing it, although you can. If you want to invest more money in it, you're, you're certainly welcome to. So um, very interesting stuff. Where, If I could ask before we get cut off, what, what was your, like, how long have you been in crypto? So I've been in crypto for a few years now. My co-founder, Dell, he's been in crypto you know, from the early days of Bitcoin, you know, since 2011. So then I also have a background in finance as well. I, I did, a, you know, worked on Wall Street for a little bit, and, and then later on, of course, you know, jumped into tech, um, and I did a lot of coding. Very cool. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for, for taking the time here. Um, I, where do people go to learn more about CoinSeed other than just microventures? Sure. So everyone can go to just our website, which is uh, CoinSeed. It, it's spelled as it sounds, C-O-I-N-S-E-E-D dot C-O, just C-O, not com. Yep. Very cool. CoinSeed.com. Thank you very much for calling in. Great. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm going to talk our way up until uh, when we get uh, bounced by uh, by the governor, but... Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I, this is very, to me, is very similar to equity crowdfunding in that 
this is probably not your strategic investors trying to like make mad returns. It's more of a dip your toe in. I think equity crowdfunding enables you to sort of sample what startups' lives are like and what the life cycle looks like so that if you so choose or have the ability to, you can invest larger sums of money. But I think uh, on the crypto side, it's so volatile that if you don't know what you're doing, you're not paying you know hard attention to it. It's really easy to lose everything, and it's really Scott. Easy I'm going to jump yeah. in here. Okay. The governor of Virginia, there Ralph Northam, now taking the well podium. There. Well, I for one am thrilled that he, uh, Governor Northam, will uh, inconvenience himself uh, to earn back our trust for something he did not do. So that's great. Our political climate at its absolute finest. Uh, we'll use that as a nice little segue uh, back to the startup showcase here. Uh, we were talking about coin seed, talking to coin seed, and we got cut off at the end of that <clears throat> conversation. So I'll just do a very short recap. Uh, coin seed called in. You can invest them in micro ventures, but coin seed is a company where if you're familiar, if you're a Bloomberg person, you're very familiar because they have ads everywhere. Uh, there's a company called Acorn. It's an app. And it rounds up, like you go to the store, you spend some money at Jewel, you go to Burger King, wherever you go, uh, buy gas. It rounds up to the nearest dollar, puts some money in a little holding account, and then transfers that money into <clears throat> some sort of investment fund that you've either collected or fixed. And, and normally, they pick it for you. You don't pick anything. It's just like you set like low risk, high risk, whatever. Um, and it puts it in there. And then that money saves up. I use it, actually. I'm a big fan of the product. Uh, it saves up all of the you know dollars and stuff that you kind of don't really keep track of. Uh, CoinSeed does the very same thing, except I'm guessing it's all high risk because it's in cryptocurrency, which is like the most volatile thing on the planet. If you're familiar with it, uh, Bitcoin would be where you know it. Currently trading at like $3,400 a coin. At its peak, it was like $19,000 a coin. There's Bitcoin millionaires uh, and also Bitcoin losers everywhere. Um, I, you know, like I'm undecided on the crypto thing. You know, I feel free. We've got some time here. Feel free to call in. Uh, what is the number again, Ashley? 312-981-7200. Boom. That's a wrap. Uh, you can call in and ask questions if you've got a question about uh, about crypto. Personally, I you know, like there's something about it that attracts me. I think it's the volatility. Like, I don't know. I, I like jumping off of cliffs, I guess. But um, I like the idea that you can make big gains on a small investment. But I also, you know, I look at like the stock market. You can do like 10 or 20% and that's like gigantic. This is like 28,000%. Um, so it's, and there's no real predictors or indicators that you can use. I mean, there are, but like not, not novice indicators that you can use to, to understand. So I think in one hand, I like that it takes that out of it. And if we had uh, the co-founder on the show still, I would be asking him, um, you know, how they determine what cryptocurrencies they're pooling together to put your money in. Um, I'm sure that they can do low risk, high risk, whatever, just like Acorns does for stocks, but it's all high risk. Like Bitcoin, like I said, it was 19,000. Now it's down to 3,400 a unit. That to me is pretty crazy. So like, no matter what, you know, your risk tolerance is, it's going to be pretty high. And so moving money into a bunch of currencies, I think, you know, I guess I want to look at CoinSeed. I, I like it. I think it's a cool idea, but I, I want to look at it and understand you know, for you out there, if you're doing this, I think you're looking at it like that's not a savings. That's like a, a kind of a gamble, but it's also a way for you to tiptoe into crypto and and maybe you have a little skin in the game. So that entices you to start looking at other currencies and understanding what they are and how the blockchain factors into that and, and how one currency might be utilized or one token is used, whereas another one isn't. Um, there's so much stuff. And I think... For all of you, and we've done workshops and stuff like this before, but like for anyone out there who's interested in it, 
I'm just going to tell you, like, unless you're all the way in, like all the way in, it's not something that's easy to understand. It's very complicated. And I found that myself, like when it first came out, I was like, why is everyone going nuts? And I personally just wasn't going nuts. I, I should have. I didn't have any money to gamble with anyway, but I should have been nuts. And I, I just didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't take the time to learn what it all is. And sadly for me, I missed the big pop. I mean, I did put some money in and make a little money on it, but it was nothing notable. Uh, I just didn't, I couldn't understand it. And I wasn't in, enthralled with it enough to like want to learn. I think like anything else in life to be good at it, you got to really want to do it. And so before you do this, I think, well, I guess maybe not. Maybe this is the way for you to do that, to get into crypto and, and start falling in love with the idea of it. Uh, it's a good thing for them in that, in that regard. But I would say, like, as as opposed to like Acorns, where I look at that as a savings. Like, I, I literally look at all the money that gets rounded up as something that I'm pushing towards a, what is essentially a very low risk uh, market investment that I can move over to a savings or to buy a house or to do whatever I want to do with it. Um, versus, say, crypto, where there's like a legitimate chance that you could wake up tomorrow and for absolutely no reason that money is gone. That's the that's the thing. But then that said. You could wake up tomorrow and that could be worth like a million dollars. And that like and I, I say that and you're like, you're out of your mind. This is true. I can tell you two like very random stories, very short and succinctly. I met a guy who literally put in like two thousand dollars into a handful of currencies and had like six million dollars in a couple of months and took it out. Like and he's a fool. He doesn't know. I'm sorry, dude. You are. He doesn't know anything. Now he thinks he knows everything, but he doesn't know anything. So like this dude became a millionaire more or less overnight. That said, there's also the other story. There's a capital uh, hedge fund, basically, um, that put a billion with a B, a billion dollars spread across a certain amount of different currencies and the bot it bottomed out. And it was like literally in 24 hours, an entire billion dollar capital fund was gone. And those people presumably are pretty smart. And like that, that ultimately it's like, that is what drove me away from it. Cause I was like, I can't, I, my, my brain can't compute that and moron is a millionaire and a bunch of people who have been trading financials for like 45 years and are, and are connected enough to raise a billion dollars are broke. That's a world that I, I literally can't even, like, pfft, my head doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, so I'm going to take a commercial and rebuild my brain here, all uh, Humpty Dumpty style, and we will come back. Dane is on his way, he's in his way, he's in parking, he's driving, I don't know where he's Dane, Dane's at. He's on the road, he's on the road again, that's the name of his show, he's on the road. We'll be back on the road with Dane uh, after this commercial.